forget. Sometimes we forget where we came from. First of all, what Dylan said, I want to thank our pastor for believing in this group, in this generation. Just thank you for letting us do this. and We'll change it up from time to time. There'll be different speakers and different things, and sometimes they'll speak. They just all broke out in hives. But uh, I want to thank y'all for that. Thank the music team for allowing them to take part and get it involved and just thank everyone thank everyone for supporting thank you guys thank you they knew that you had their backs when you sent them to indiana (laughs) and so now hopefully all this is just paying off but i love a good underdog story i don't know about you but i do our, our women's USA hockey team played Canada last week. And if you know anything about that, which you probably don't, um, it's okay. Uh, Canada is the, that is their sport. And we went as a, in as an underdog, and they pushed us around. And, and finally, I went to bed. I mean, you know, that's ridiculous. It started at 10 o'clock. But they pushed us and pushed us around all game, and finally... In overtime, we win. We win. It was an underdog story. And if I were to give any of you the mic and get up here and you gave your story, I'm sure there would be some underdogs in this church, in this congregation. Stories of overcoming challenges, stories of comeback. And, and, and I don't claim to be a prophet, so don't, don't go there with me. But I want to say to anybody, and I just felt this, that anyone who has lost family members, lost kids, lost spouses, there's about to be a comeback in Indian Village. In Indian Village. A comeback. And I want to ask real quick, is there anyone here tonight who has ever felt like what God placed inside of you has been hidden? Like you know you have something in you, but you're kind of scared to tell anybody. You're kind of scared to maybe even tell your family members. 
But you know he's putting something in you. Maybe you felt devalued, maybe looked over or forgotten. Then this tonight, this is for you. And God is about to do what Romans 8, 18 through 19 says. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will pull back the curtain and reveal who his children really are. It's in those times of pain and suffering is where God creates the leader inside of you. God is about to pull back the curtain on the gifts and the hidden talents and the treasures that's been inside this church, old and Young. There's been a, a there's been a there's been a process of pain, a process of tears, and through all of that, this is the moment. This is the moment. But you had to be hidden because God maybe had to make sure that our character matched our calling. And we've been hidden, but there's somebody, there's somebody else that 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 came out of nowhere and turned some things down. You can be seated. I'm about to read, but you can be seated. 1 Samuel 6 and 11 13 said, Then Samuel asked, Are all these the sons you have? And they're still the youngest, Jesse replied. He's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Samuel said, Send for him once. We will not sit until... He arrives. See, nothing's moving until the one God chose gets in position. Nothing's moving. God has some things that are just sitting here and are just waiting. They're just, they're just sitting and waiting for this church to arrive and grab them. And so Jesse sent for him and he, was, he came in. He was dark. He was handsome, beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one, anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers and Samuel took the olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And I want to talk tonight about this kid that came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who he was. And see, the crazy thing about revival is Kind of, you know what I just said a while ago about being scared to tell somebody something because you don't know what they're going to think? I had a dream a while back, Pastor, that we were having to have church on Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night just to have a crowd rotation. Here. Here. I don't know. I just said it. I was scared to say it, but I said it, so there you go. But <laughs> some of y'all music teams like, oh, but the crazy thing about revival is, is you don't know which way it's coming from. You don't know how God's going to move because he does things suddenly. So here they are. They're looking for a king in Bethlehem. And I, I, th- I think there was another king that came out of Bethlehem too, if, I was, if, I was, if I'm right. But, but Samuel shows up. Saul, he was a mess. And God said, go anoint someone I already chose him. And here's what's crazy. God chose him before people ever chose Saul. 
But most time, God will always let other people get theirs in first. So God allowed Saul to go first. Because, because for David to become David, he needed Saul. And I want to tell you tonight, stop hating the Saul's in your life. You need Saul's in your life. Because if you got a Saul in your life, that makes you David. Start thanking God for the Saul's in your life and quit trying to run from them. So Samuel shows up at Jesse's house and Jesse grabs his best sons and he, and he says, is this all you have? Seven. And Jesse says, well, yeah, but, uh, you know, there's one more, there's one more. So Samuel's in there, Samuel being a prophet, but he was a real prophet. Samuel was a real prophet. He wasn't those, you know, those weird TV prophets you see at three in the morning that says you got arthritis in your ankle and if you'll call this number, God will heal you. Like, like he was a real prophet. The Bible said when Samuel prophesied, people trembled. Not one word that he spoke fell to the ground. So he showed up with his oil and a word in his heart and he sees Eliab, the, the firstborn handsome guy, Jesse's, he was Jesse's big dog of the family. And as soon as Samuel seen him, he said to himself, that surely, surely that's him. Surely that's the guy. I mean, look at him. He's just big and he's handsome and he can handle anything, you know, and that, that's him. And God said, listen, prophet, I want to teach you something. Because, see, man will always look at the outside, but God always looks at the heart. And maybe, maybe that's why some of you feel looked over, because you might not have 65 different degrees, and you might not come from the right family. And so people think that they know that they're all, all there is to know about you, but they don't know what God has been growing on the inside of you for so long that is about to come out. Because he looks... At the inside, the prophet was fooled by the external. He was fooled by the external. God doesn't need you seeking validation from outside sources. He needs you to be secure in who he created you to be. And if nobody tells you you got a calling, it's okay because God will declare it in your spirit. You don't need a name tag to serve. Even if you don't get an award at the end of the year, can you still be the one that cuts grass for the kingdom? Can you still be cleaning toilets? Can you still sweep floors? If no one knew your name, could you still pick up the trash? If no one knew your name, because those are the ones God is going to raise up, not the ones that have to be validated in front of people all the time. He's going to raise up the ones who are hidden. God is looking for people who will serve when no one is looking. Because if you can serve when no one is looking, you will rise when everyone is looking. Even the prophet messed up. Even the prophet messed up. And he might have been a little embarrassed because I'm sure the prophet was in town. And you know every time the prophet's in town, people come out of the woodworks see what he's going to tell somebody. So I'm sure the Bible doesn't say this. I'm just thinking there might have been people at the end of Jesse's driveway just kind of seeing what he was going to tell. But he messed up. He got fooled. So he goes to the second son. No. But God, he's got all the right friends. 
God says, no. He goes to the third son. God said, no. Fourth, fifth, sixth, no. Now the prophet is really confused. Now he's confused. God, I know you told me there was a king in the house. Then you get to 1 Samuel 6 and 11 and he says, are all the men here? And Jesse says, yeah, yeah, they are. Well, at least the ones I would choose. All the ones I'm proud of are here. Seven sons. Seven is the number of completion, but it was a complete no from God. Jesse said, well, I got one more. I got one more, but you don't want him. See, and, and, and I got to tread lightly right there because as, as being raised in church and, and all this stuff, as church folk, sometimes we, sometimes we try to do the pastor job. Like sometimes we'll try to push, push our convictions on someone else. Look, if I don't have the word, I don't have the word pastor in front of my name, so it is not my place to tell somebody what their convictions should be, especially if they're new in Christ. So I just say, let's let God and the pastor work that stuff out. Let's just get them to Jesus. I believe in all this that we believe. I believe in truth and standards, but let's just get them to Jesus first. That's all he wants us to do is just get them here. Just get them to Jesus. Everything else will come into play. So he says he's out in the field. We have to be careful that I have to be careful that I am not like Jesse and the seven sons where I just bring out the ones that I'm proud of to get the blessing. Let's just get them to Jesus. See, there was this kid out in this field. He was, he was with sheep and he, he, was, he was a little artsy. You know, he, he created things. He, he wrote songs. You know, it wasn't very masculine. People picked on him. The brothers didn't like him. He had a different mom. David said, in, in sin, my mother conceived me. Everyone's in the house. And David is just out in the field writing songs. People always say that they hear the sound. I've heard people say it. We hear the sound of revival. And I've heard it and I've heard it. But I think that's because with revival comes a theme of brokenness and passion and hunger for the things of God. Not pride and look at us and look at our talents. But it's a sound that says, God, if you don't show up, I don't have anything. If you don't make a way, I'm going to be lost. God, if you don't show up, I'm not going to make it. That's a sound of revival. I don't even know if she's here tonight, but what what Sister Katie did last Sunday night, when she did that, when she got out front, something, something shifted. Something shifted. That's how unity starts. That's when you say, look at my scars. Because that's what I've been healed from. Quit walking around trying to be perfect and just be forgiven. That's all he wants. Just be forgiven. And David is out in the field being obedient. And his father calls for him. So here comes David. Here comes, here comes number eight. 
See, number eight was so looked over that his own father didn't even invite him in to be a possibility. But what has always been hidden from God will always be revealed by men. I'm sorry, what will always be hidden from men will always be revealed by God. Always. Everywhere, everywhere I go, I'll come down here, Pastor. For you. Everywhere I go, somebody knows who Terry Bushnell is. They just, just do. I can't get away with nothing. I'm playing. I'm playing. Everywhere I go, a couple of years back, I went and sat in for a worship team at a large non-denominational church. It's okay. I'm still here. But, and it was, it was full-blown, you know, the whole, the whole, all the works. But when the pastor, he didn't even know who I was. Um, he said, who are, you know, who are you, where are you from? Because it's a constantly different rotation of, of musicians, every service for them. They don't, you know, it doesn't matter. He, who are you, where are you from? And I said, Indian Village. He, where do you go? Where do you go to church? I said, IVUPC. And he said, Terry Bushnell. I said, exactly. And he said, that man is a 100% real man of God. How do pastors of mega churches know you? You're from Indian Village. (laughs) You're still here, you know. Because who you were at your foundation is who God said you were. That's who, that's, that's who you are. But what all these other different people came to know when you came into places of authority and when he came into places of presbyter and everything else that he has to do, all these things that people know, that's who God revealed to them. But when he was a barefoot kid running up and down these dirt roads, he was anointed. He was already anointed before he was in places of authority. Can I tell you that you've already been anointed? You're already anointed. God always chooses man before man even knows you. See, people may not really know how to take you Because they know there's something on the inside of you. Which is why some people are drawn to you. And some people can't stand you. It's true. And the ones that can't stand you, it's probably because they can't control you. Because people don't like what they can't control. Especially in a a career world where you're a Christian and you walk in and they just, they don't know. You know, they either love you or they hate you. Because they can't figure you out. And, and, and they're trying to break you. And, and they're saying, I don't know what's going on with them. Every, I try to break them. And every time I come at them, it just seems like they get stronger. That's the Holy Ghost. 
They can't break it. You got something on the inside of you that says, I've been out in the field where nobody knew me. I've been worshiping in the dark. I've been where nobody could see me. I don't just go to church on the weekends, but I pray on Thursday and Friday because when you're number eight, when you're number eight, you were anointed before people chose you. And Samuel said, send for him. We're not going to sit down until he comes. This kid would have never been considered for any sort of leadership. But when you're in the presence of authority, you always rise. David started walking towards the house. And he's dirty. He's dirty from the field. Running after sheep that didn't even belong to him. He's covered. He's covered in dirt. Sweat, and he walks in. He sees this man standing there that he's never seen before. And David says, "You call for me, Dad." And the Bible says God told Samuel, "Him, him, the one with the one with dirt on his face, the one that stinks from acts of service, the one that the brothers hated on. Anoint him." Well, God, shouldn't he, shouldn't he change first? No. Anoint him while he's dirty. See, some of you may be thinking that God is waiting on you to get clean so he will anoint you. But he is going to show his love to you by pouring his oil into your situation. Whatever you're going through, I know I, I still struggle with this. I still, I, still, I still battle with this. It doesn't matter because God anointed you and he gave you a purpose. Because God doesn't anoint finished work, but he will always anoint you so you can finish the work. Always. And I'm wrapping this up, but number eights, number eights get anointed while they're still dirty. So you've got an anointing and you've got the dust. And what makes you, that's what makes you able to, to still connect with sinners who are lost. You're anointed, but God can still connect you to where someone, even though God has his hand on your life, that person still says, I can still connect to him or her. This is not a time for us to look down on other people like, well, I'm so good and and, and you're so bad. No, God is anointing people who can say, I've been where you've been. I've cried where you've cried. I haven't always been who I am now. So let me show you my scars. Let me show you where I fell so you don't repeat the same. And as David walked, as David walked from the field to the house, that day, he had no clue that it was the last time he would walk without being anointed king. He didn't know. Did you know that as you walked, your background doesn't matter, anything you've gone through, whatever. But did you know as you walked from your house, to your car this evening. You were anointed. As you pulled into this parking lot, you got out of your car, as you walked through this parking lot, you were anointed. 
When you walked into this house, God had his hand on your life. You were anointed if we could all stand. There's number eights in here. There's number eights in this house. From the oldest to the youngest. It's time for the anointed to rise up. might be saying, well, I'm too old. It doesn't matter. The, the anointing doesn't have age. And it's time for the anointed to rise up, for the hidden to come out. It's for the, the number eights of this church, the number eights of Indian Village to take their rightful place. This church as a number eight to take its place and rise in this revival time. David was known as a warrior, a worshiper. He was known as a winner. Your worship is your warfare. Number eights were made to worship. Number eights were made to worship made to win and God is raising up people that has had to fight through fear and through pain and through questions and through doubts how many times if you were honest would you say I'm going to quit church that's doubt and you fought through it and you're still here and you're still standing you're number eight from the ashes of defeat From the ashes of defeat, the King is resurrecting us. This this entire altar altar is open. If we would come, if we would come as a church family, if you're good and you're good, then find somebody to pray with and pray for. But if you're a number eight, if you feel like you've been dormant for too long, I'm reaching for some older generation tonight. I know I'm young. I can't tell you anything you've never heard before. But you can be encouraged. Link up with someone. Link up with someone. There's power in unity. There's power in unity. gifts are about to be revealed. There's going to be a comeback. There's going to be a comeback, not only in your, in your family, but in your spirit, a comeback. From the ashes of defeat. From the ashes of defeat. Join with somebody. Join with somebody. I don't know why God's been giving me crazy dreams lately. 
But the week before, I think we heard Brother Gurley's message on being linked up. Woke up one morning, just sweating. I was overlooking this church. Just, it's like I had an aerial view of it. And I was looking at all these different colors. And they were all separated. And it's like God said, all of these colors are groups and cliques and differences. And, and it's groups of people. And He said, or I felt that He said, until all these colors become one. Until all these colors become one. The church won't be as much as I created it to be. I was convicted. I was convicted. We serve an audience of one. That's all. That's all. All the other opinions, differences, that's all going to go away. It's all going to be pushed away. But if we unify as one for an audience of one to get people to Him, this number eight church will take its rightful place will take its rightful place. Can we join one more time? Can we link up one more time with someone?